What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Travel Times with Laura and Peter. Today, we are joined by my good friend, Haley Dasevich, the wonderful, very talented travel vlogger. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you as a guest. You were the first person I thought of when I was starting this podcast as someone I had to have on because you're, you're awesome and I, I love you. So do you want to tell a little bit about yourself and how we know each other? Yeah. Thank you. First off, thank you for having me on this podcast. And it's so great to finally meet your significant other because we've taught, we've had many conversations about you, obviously. All good um, things. But yeah, it's great to see your face and finally meet you. Um, so yeah, so Likewise. I have been working in social media, I guess now for four and a half years. I first, basically I primarily focused on YouTube. So I would First off, say I'm a YouTuber and then I do social media because by default, you kind of just have to do everything. And I started making YouTube videos back in 2016 when I was working in tech in San Francisco. So I used to have a tech job, a nine to five job. And uh, my brother at the time was living in the Philippines. He still lives there now. He's a huge YouTuber in the Philippines. Obviously, we all, we all know that. Shout but, out Will Dasevich. <laughs> yeah, which he lives on this podcast at some point. So, uh, my brother was living in the Philippines and I was living in California working in tech. And I regularly visit my family there because my family, we've spent most of our lives growing up in between California and the Philippines. So my parents are frequently moving between California and the Philippines, like every six months they're there too. So I would go visit there for the, um, I would take time off of work and I'd go to the Philippines. And one time I was in the Philippines for Christmas and New Year's just visiting family. And my brother starts telling me that he's making YouTube videos. Like he made a series on YouTube and I was like, great, like, cool. What does that mean? And he was like, like I'm getting subscribers. <laughs> and I'd be like, what do you mean people subscribe to your YouTube channel? So he showed me a lot of, this was way before I had visited him. And I was like trying to understand what he was doing on YouTube. So I visited him and he had this idea where he was like, let's just sit down, let's make a YouTube video and it's just going to be me and you and of course like obviously four and a half years ago i wasn't used to being on camera yet and like i had grown up doing theater right i've I'd done theater since musical theater since i was five years old but that's not the same right i guess in in some way in some aspect like it's all a performance at the end of the day you know but being on camera and having this fat thing in your face is completely different right so I get to Philippines and like day two, my brother sits down. I mean, he, he has the camera on all the time. And again, not used to this whole camera being on all the time. So I get there, cameras on all the time. I'm not used to it. Day two, I'm in the Philippines and he says, okay, let's sit down and let's film this video. So we basically sit at a table and the whole thing was unscripted and it's just me and him sitting there. And it's basically full of like our sibling banter. And it's just interacting. Like it's a, it's a, like a 10 or 15 minute video of us just sitting at a table being siblings, right? Um, and I think at the time he had maybe like around 30,000 subs and that video went viral to us. Like it gained like 50,000 views, which at the time we were like, oh my God, it's going viral. <laughs> and we named that video, um, it's still on my brother's YouTube channel. It's called Filipino Twins because at the time, like there was, there used to be uh, twins on YouTube and they were getting a lot of notoriety and their first video that went viral was called uh, something twins or whatever. So we were like, let's just be Filipino twins. So we have this whole like act where we were twins because we're so close in age, we're 16 months apart. 
And, um, and it just got so many views and people loved it. And, um, yeah, and it was just so like genuine because it was so awkward and so new and that kind of got the ball rolling. So he uploaded that video and it did so well that within the same two weeks I was in the Philippines, he was like, okay, this is the next idea. You're going to pretend to take over my vlog because also his audience had no idea he had a sister. So there's another video and I think it's called like, <laughs> like, oh my God, maybe it's like Filipino girl loves the Philippines or like American girl. American I remember girl. watching these actually before yeah, I yeah. even knew you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like that title. That's so clickbaity, like Filipino clickbait, you know? So the video is just basically me um, seeing that he's sleeping and like seeing that his can like taking his camera, turning it on, seeing that he's sleeping and then just like having fun with it and pretending like I'm gonna steal his camera and do a vlog. But the whole time behind the scenes, he was telling me exactly what to do. You know, so I got this YouTube mentorship uh, without even asking. Like I, I dove into it without even knowing that I was diving into it. And so that video did so well because all we did was we like biked around Manila. We did a lot of things that like, uh, I would say the upper class in Manila don't really do when they find that it's kind of unsafe to just like bike around Manila and, and go to the, you know, just go around the city. Um, and so that video got a lot of views too. Okay, so both these videos got so many views that I started, that subscribers started flocking to my YouTube channel without me even having any content on it. So at this point I had like, 2000 followers, uh, 2000 subscribers. And my brother was like, you have to upload something like just upload anything, upload whatever. So of course, like the first few uploads is like one, the first, the first one I really ever uploaded was like a minute video of me trying to vlog, which was so stupid. And then, um, and then I started making videos about like my life in San Francisco and then, um, making videos about trips that I was taking when I would take time off work. And it only took less than a year for me to decide that like, I was gonna quit my job and I was just gonna go travel and make YouTube videos and see where it took me. But I didn't have a plan. Like I wasn't like, I have a goal of, you know, getting to 100,000 subscribers. Because when I then eventually quit my job in 2016 and went and traveled, that was just completely out of like, out of me being who I am, being like, I'm just going to quit my job and travel, which is something that I've done numerous amount of times. Uh, but the, the difference is that I just, I had a YouTube channel and I was going to start making videos about all of my travels. And so um, that 2016, September, 2016 was when I really, like, even when I quit my job, I had another job lined up two months down the line because I didn't, I, I thought I was going to come back to San Francisco and continue doing what I was doing. And then in those two months, from September to November was when I got my first like influencer. Influencer wasn't a term at this time, by the way, in 20, October, 2016. So we didn't know what to call ourselves. We were like, you know, what, what are we YouTubers? We went to YouTubers. Yeah. Yeah. We got, a, we got a degree and now we make videos on YouTube. Um, so in, in between September and November was when I got my first influencer job. And it was, it was through, um, networking was through like getting to know some people in Asia while I was out in the Philippines. And that was when I went to Bali. 
And so I did the wonderful Indonesia trip with the tourism board of Indonesia in Bali. And, uh, and that was really my first trip. And then also in that trip was when I met Laura and Christian and, and, uh, and that's really what I think that month was really what set it off because I worked, I mean, that was like the first month that I like worked night and day and like tried to daily vlog and not, not totally daily vlog, but like five to six videos a, a week, you know, and, um, and then I was, so, yeah, yeah. And then I was, and then I was also really starting to meet like YouTubers around the world. Like I remember, um, we met up with exploring with Cody, who is now a really good friend of ours. And we met up with, uh, Sawyer Hartman and all these people who had millions of subs. And I know that I had around 30,000 subs at that time. And I remember being like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I don't even, should I even be around these people? But now that I'm in a place where like, I've, you know, I've gained, you know, just as, as many subscribers, 600,000 subscribers. Like now I'm looking at the people with 30,000 subs and I'm like, oh yeah, like we're all part of the same club, you know, like it, numbers never matter. Like everyone, especially if you like YouTubers, like YouTubers have this just like, like we all just get each other from the moment we meet, you know, like, oh, you make YouTube videos. Oh, then you get it. Like you, ha you, totally. you get the struggle. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a lot of work and even explaining to people that what it's not, cause everyone's like, oh, you're always on vacation. And it's like, no, that's not the case at all. You're grinding. And especially when making travel vlogs, making five a week, even like you said, that is a huge hustle and a huge grind. And so it's, that's why it's, I think a lot of YouTubers hang around each other because you get it and you get how much work it is. So it's like having that kind of environment, I think helps make you thrive. Yeah. And I just, I agree with you that like people just think you're on vacation all the time, you know, like there's such a heavy, massive amount of conceptualizing and production. Like we basically are our own one woman production show or one man production show, whatever you are. Um, and um, since I started YouTubing in 2016, I've worked with about like almost 10 people uh, uh, as a one-on-one -on -one coach uh, only in the last year who all want to start a YouTube channel. And out of all those people I've coached, two of them continued on a consistent uploading schedule, like maybe one even dropped off. So like I would say probably one because creating a YouTube channel is not the difficult part. Like anyone could do that. The hardest part is not giving up. And I think that, you know, if YouTube were easy, you could say this about a lot of things in social media, but if, if YouTube were easy, then everyone would be doing it. And that's why it's literally YouTube is the hardest social media platform to be on and stick with. Why? Because it's not like you're just taking a picture, writing a caption, uploading it, and then responding to some comments and being like, all right, cool. I'm done today. You know, or like, it's not like, I'm, I feel like I'm shitting on Instagram, but I'm just trying to like realistically compare the two. Like, it's not like making a 15 second story and then like easily redoing it, you know? It's not even like recording a podcast where no one has to see you. I mean, that is if you're not filming it for YouTube. A video podcast, yeah. But like but a regular your house clothes. Yeah. <laughs> right, regular podcast, right. Because when you become a YouTuber, you must, you, you have to get in front of the camera to show your face to the world at least once a week you have to, um, you have to know what kind of value you're adding. Like, you know, the, you gotta, you gotta bring stuff to the table if, if you want to, um, stand out and if you want to, uh, uh get above the noise, right. Because 
because let's let's level with ourselves like there's so much crap out there as like influencers you know and like you know it's sometimes it's a bad connotation and and whatever and and then also like with youtube you have to show up knowing that this is the hardest social media platform to maintain a schedule on so so like most of the most of the people that I've worked with in the last year have said to me, Instagram is so much easier. And every time I hear that, I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. That's why everyone is on Instagram because it's easier. You know, you can't compare a 15 second video to weeks worth of research and scripting followed by like a three hour filming session, followed by a 10 plus hour editing session. It's like, it's like comparing, okay. I'm sorry I'm shitting on Instagram. But it's like, <laughs> sorry for anyone out there who wants to be an Instagrammer. You are valued. <laughs> it's like chess compared not, to not, checkers. You're not valued for a daily, but to us. Okay, that was that that was a great comparison. That was a, I was gonna say Do you say chess? That was great. I said chess I was compared say, to checkers. There you go. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like comparing writing out your grocery list to an academic thesis. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh man, that's savage. So yeah, yeah, the moral of the story is Haley doesn't like Instagram. No, but I think so. You're someone. So let's give people who want to maybe start YouTube channels a tip that they can take away because I think you're really good at you are good at coming up with a a story and just getting above the noise. Like you said, I really like the way you said that. So what's something, and I mean, that's something I even struggle with is trying to come up with content that's maybe different and well thought out. And I think that's a lot of YouTubers problems. What's kind of a tip in doing that? Cause a lot of your content you post is clearly a lot of thought has gone into it. Yeah. So one thing that's super important that I only recently learned, like, you know, I've been doing this for four and a half years, but like, there are so many things that I just now learned in the last like year and a half to two years. Um, is scripting. Like scripting is so important because if you want to, like the more, the more you think about your story and the more that you write down all your thoughts and all your ideas, the more like concise everything is going to be. So like that's, that's if you're making like a very topical video, right? So if you have a video where, um, which is, I think is like a huge, it is a huge trend in YouTube right now where it's like, you know, I did this for 24 hours or like, you know, it's like obviously providing value and teaching people how to do something or um, making a video about a certain type of experience and then um, showcasing that experience. And then, uh, and then obviously talking about like your takeaways and, and you know, what you went through. Um, scripting is so important. And, uh, and that's something that I only learned very recently. Um, so scripting and scripting as in like really writing out a screenplay like intro you know 10 second drone footage flash title whatever scene one um you know like and then the, the way that i do it is like scene one and then i'm saying like two vlog and then i'll write what i'm gonna say to the vlog so you don't have to necessarily do this with like all of your videos but the more you script each video the easier it gets to like get into the storytelling and also in the editing process which by the way, editing, like no matter how shitty your video is, you can always save it in the editing. Like I've had so many videos on YouTube where I'm like, God, this is the shittiest video ever. And then I, and then I, and then I edit it and I'm like, all right, whatever. I upload it and I get comments like the editing was so great. Like, so it's just like funny, but, um, but yeah, scripting is, is, is key. And also just like brainstorming. So I think, um, I think people just like underestimate how important it is to brainstorm, to like 
cut carve out a time in your week it doesn't have to be every single day like in your week like where do you have quiet time okay like where where think about think about where you are that generates the best ideas and a lot of people do that like going on walks you know that doesn't really work for me like i'll go on a walk and i like sometimes just like spiral <laughs> thoughts um but for me it's like driving in my car so or or it's going on a run so these and i and i've realized that like these two activities for me like sometimes i'll like i'll like figure my life out on a run you know and so I, what I do is I carve time out to make sure that I go on a run or like I even go on a drive and that's where I generate my ideas. And then I'll come back from that and I'll write them down immediately. And then you kind of get into this flow state. And if you're not in that flow state, then you, then you really have to carve out time because you can't just sit down and like brainstorm and be like mm, 15 minutes of brainstorming, you know, like brainstorming and getting into your creative state is all about that flow. And you have to like zone in. So like, whether that's like sitting quietly and listening to listening to like, you know, um, you know, cinematic soundtracks, maybe that like generates inspiration. Um, I know that when, when I was like daily vlogging a few years ago, and obviously like, I didn't really know how to get B-roll. I wasn't really like good at getting shots. What helped me to get better shots and to feel inspired in the moment was just like listening to B-roll music, like listening to copy, copyright free music, because then you would like see your vlog come to life in the midst of it. And it would just make it easier. So I just think that like uh, people underestimate scripting and brainstorming and you do have to carve time out and like, and prioritize that because that's really where, you know, your, your creative um, ideas will flow. Mm -hmm. I think too, also the best with brainstorming sessions, you need to cut yourself off from social media when doing that. So I think that's a really good tip going for a run or something. Anytime you're glued to your phone, there's no really cr that creative ideas coming in. Maybe you'll get inspired from someone else, but you won't get those original creative ideas. And so I definitely think carving that time out makes a huge difference when trying to come up with unique content. Cause I think a lot of content creators right now, they kind of struggle with just repeating other people's content that have performed well. I mean, I've been guilty of that many times before. It, but it's you won't stand out from the crowd that way and that's the only problem so yeah yeah no i i think that like you know it's important to um take other people's content ideas and spin it as your own and i think that's that's actually a great thing that you brought up because that's super important when you're starting out as in youtube is like you know, most of the time, you're not going to come to YouTube with like all of these ideas. It's like, you have an idea, you know, and you know, that you want to start a YouTube channel and you know that you want to start making videos and you have this small idea. But, um, I think a really good way to like, to really get inspired and to get those ideas going is to obviously watch other YouTubers. And, um, I know that, you know, like your, your content, just like you, you're going to evolve, you're going to transform, your interests are going to change. Um, and so in the beginning, when I was started YouTubing, I was watching Casey Neistat and Ben Brown. Um, and it was Casey Neistat, Ben Brown, sometimes fun for Louie, but I got a lot of my a stylistic, like vlogging style from those two. And so like now, if you look back at my videos a few years ago, like you might see some similarities because I would literally watch a Casey Neistat video, 
get the exact same shots, but obviously I wasn't in New York and I wasn't, you know, doing what he was doing, but I would try to get the same shots and just copying people like that alone will, will, um, help you teach yourself how to get those shots, how to make those shots look the way they do, you know? And, and it's same with like short form videos. Like that's why TikTok um, is so, it's so fun because it's so easy because you just see what other people are doing. You take that exact same idea and you just spin it and use it as your own. And of course, once you start doing that and you start getting, getting into this like consistent schedule of like making content for whatever social media platform, you start getting better and better at it the more that you do it and then you start becoming more clever with your ideas you know it's, it's just like a total like snowball effect uh i was just gonna ask um in terms of like your content is it mostly travel right now or have you kind of changed because of um you know covid or how would you describe i guess your your content yeah so my content pre-covid was travel centric it was like very much it was very much like travel vlogs, like in between the travel vlogs, I mean, in between the traveling and then in the midst of traveling, I think, yeah, most of my videos were like that. And then COVID hit and it was like, it was kind of like, well, I really have to figure out what I'm going to do at home in my room, which is what most YouTubers do. Most YouTubers are literally making videos in their room and their oversight and their cost is like so much smaller than a stupid travel youtuber so expensive travel vlogging to start <laughs> it's ridiculous and it's so difficult to do that so anyway like i had to figure out so um i did a i just basically did a lot of like youtube research i was like figuring out like what are people out there doing that i could potentially try and do and i tried everything i was like cooking i was like playing music i basically like decided you know what can i do from my room and, and I think the videos that um, really allowed me to grow uh, and, and allowed me to realize that like, I don't have to be out traveling because I can actually be inspired in my room, which is like really difficult for me to even think about because it sounds uninspiring, um, was just like realizing that I could start teaching people what I know. And, and so I started making videos just about like social media and about like tech, um, the, the tech and camera gear that I have. And I watched Laura's videos and I was like, I could do the exact same video. And I literally copied Laura. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's awesome. So, so anyway, my, um, my content has now really expanded from travel adventures to, uh, to just like providing social media and tech advice. And then also I took the travel idea and I spun it on a new concept where uh, I filmed a few videos right before COVID hit, like right before it was a pandemic. I filmed a video in Turkey where I worked at a donor kebab shop and like it was a challenge video, but it was also a travel video because it was like, you know, I took on this job and, but I was in Turkey. And so, you know, this was the culture and this is how it works. And then I did another video where I worked as a, um, a tricycle driver in the Philippines. So it's, so I, I just, and, and also I was, uh, I was realizing that like a lot of trends on YouTube were going this way. We're like, yes, theory is huge on this. Um, um, I, I got a lot of inspiration from Michelle Correa. I don't know if you've heard of her, but 
she does a lot of these like I trained like you know um Black Widow from Marvel or like I trained like Spider-Man like she did a lot of those videos so I was like how can I take travel and kind of um move in in the same way that the YouTube trends are and so I, I kind of started experimenting with that and then pandemic happened and I just kind of went all over the place and I have such a huge niche like when people ask me what I do like I've 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 you know dumbed it down to like three different categories but literally these categories are everything so when I when people are like what kind of YouTube videos do you make I say I do travel videos I do challenge videos and I do tech and social media advice and you know what like that could involve anything and everything so I don't know if I would um, recommend people do that, you know, like I, I, at the end of the day, I think I will still recommend people to like niche down because I, I really think that the more, the more niching down you do, like actually the bigger of an audience you can reach, unless you are trying to be some big entertaining YouTuber with like a big personality or like a comedian or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I think also too, what the pandemic has taught us is that you have to be able to diversify and be able to adjust because I find the people uh, like OG YouTubers, for example, those who didn't adapt to the times and didn't adjust their content, their channels aren't really around anymore. Whereas the YouTubers who did do that, they're still going strong. They're still getting a ton of views on their video. And that's kind of like, you really need to be able to change with the social media platforms that you're on. And that goes for any of them. Um, otherwise you just get left behind essentially. So yeah, this year has definitely been interesting, but I really love everything you've done with your videos. And I, I think you're really onto something too, with all the working different jobs, because it's such a unique way to do a travel video and it's still a travel <laughs> video, but then it's, it's your own spin on it and you get to see your personality and yeah. yeah yeah it sounds cool yeah, yeah. Uh, that was part of the reason i asked because uh like how would you describe your content because i remember when we were talking you were talking earlier about a couple different things um i guess when you kind of you you kind of told the story already about how you got started did you know that travel was going to be like the main thing that you were gonna uh try to do with your channel yes so right that away. is something that i 100 percent knew um it's always been top of mind the most interesting thing uh for me like ever is just to like travel and explore new places and um yeah yeah that that was definitely always it so i guess i did i did decide a niche in, in the beginning but yeah it's always been travel centric for sure so you've obviously gone to a lot of really cool places. I think one, one of the most standout places you've gone is Pakistan and you actually traveled alone there for the little bit. Can you kind of tell us what that was like actually traveling alone in Pakistan as a solo female traveler? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I got, um, one of my friends, his name is travel Tom Tom. He's an Instagrammer and a blogger. He hit me up. I've traveled with him a bunch of times. He hit me up in like, November, uh, maybe September, 2019 about going to Pakistan. And here's the thing about Pakistan is that a year before in 2018, I was in Sri Lanka and I was on this trip with the tourism board. And so I was like meeting a bunch of influencers there. And at the end of the trip, I met this guy who had been to Pakistan two times, he told me. And in 2018, when he told me that I was like, wait, what you went to Pakistan? Like, what are you talking about? You know, and like, I, like, I was shocked that he'd been there and he was like, yeah, the people are great. Everyone's nice. It's such a beautiful country, all this stuff, you know? And I was like, in my head, I was totally, 
admittingly judging him being like, oh, it's because he's a man. He can just go wherever he wants, you know? Less than a year later, I got an invite to go on this trip. And uh, after doing a lot of research, because I never just like say yes to going on a trip if I'm if I don't know what I'm getting myself into, you know, like I heavily research countries before I go there. I do not go in blindly. And so after heavily researching Pakistan and like seeing a lot of people um, in the previous year had traveled there, not uh, people like like I guess Westerners, um, you know, uh, P YouTubers, like people who are prom kind of prominent on social media. I was like, okay, like, I think this is gonna be okay. And I watched a lot of vlogs of people going to Pakistan because actually there are a few YouTubers who had gone in 2018 who made a ton of vlogs and, and I watched them. And and so I made the, the decision to go and, and my visa lasted one month. So I was like, I'm going to Pakistan, I might as well go for a month. So what I did was I traveled there for a, for a week, well, less than a week. I just got there alone first. And at first, of course, it was really difficult telling my family and friends because no one was stoked about it. Like my family was like, what you're going to, you know, everyone was just so concerned. And also like, I think in a way I went to Pakistan first off as a solo female traveler for the first week um, to challenge my own preconceptions and uh, and to really just go in with an open mind and, 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 you know, go in like I do with any country and be myself and like stay vigilant and do all the things that I do in every, in every country. And um, it was like the easiest place to travel solo as a female, surprisingly. And I will say though, and I, I definitely feel like this needs to be mentioned that like even though it was easy for me to travel solo, and I know that there have been uh, females, like social media females um, in the few years previous that have traveled solo there, even though it was may have been easy for us, it's, it's, I don't think it's like that for females in Pakistan. Like, I don't think that it would be, uh, they would be rewarded or recommended or even celebrated for traveling alone because the culture is so different, you know? So I just think that that's worth mentioning that like, just because I got to go there alone, I don't, I, it's, it's so different for people in that country. Um, but the reason why it was so much easier than I thought is because I, I, I really hadn't, I mean, I traveled Nepal and that was Central Asia. And I just felt like, I just felt like Pakistan was going to be a country where like the moment I landed, I was going to be bombarded with hustlers and bombarded with people who are like trying to get money and like all this stuff. So I like really prepared myself and, and like in my, in my mindset, I like went in being like, be strong, be vigilant, you know, like, like stand tall, whatever. I was like the things that solo female travelers have to practice all the time. And the moment I landed at the airport in Islamabad, it was like 10 o'clock at night, like, no one bothered me. Nobody, no one even really looked at me, you know, and I walked out of the airport and there were taxis and no one was talking to me. No one was paying attention to me. And I was like, wow, this has been like a breeze, you know, like I have not had to ward off anyone. And it was so easy. Like I couldn't get an Uber. So that's what also makes Pakistan so easy to travel is because they have freaking Uber, okay? And like anytime you you eliminate having to communicate with people who don't really speak English, it just makes the situation so much easier. 
So I couldn't get an Uber because it was so late. And so I just randomly asked someone that was waiting for a taxi, like if they could help me uh, get a taxi or get an Uber. And so they helped me. And obviously like, you know, me being, you know, first time I'm in a country by myself, I asked the guy a million questions. Do you know where I'm going? Do you know what this address is? Are you sure you know where this address is? Like, it was like, you know, like I interrogated him and he was just so, so kind and so nice. And he got me to where I was going. And, you know, it was like a 15 minute ride through Islamabad. And I got to my Airbnb and it was, dude, not even kidding. It was like the easiest, most streamlined check, like landing, visa check, passport, immigration, like Uber experience, checking into my Airbnb, just so easy. And then from there, um, you know, the next day I was in Islamabad and really the only thing I'd heard about Islamabad was uh, in like 2003 when the American Navy SEAL team like landed in Islamabad to try and extract Osama bin Laden from Abbottabad, which is like, you know, a couple hours north. So obviously I had that in my head because that's totally a, a um, American media, you know, in my head. And um, the next day I just decided to walk around. And of course, like I, I knew what I had to, I knew how I had to dress. So obviously like you're in um, an Islamic country in most Islamic countries, you have to cover yourself and it's just part of the culture. And like, you should absolutely do that whenever you travel to an Islamic country, just like abide by the local, um, you know, the local culture, the local rules. So I covered myself and I walked around Islamabad and I noticed that um, the, the first thing that I noticed was that like I was going into a lot of public, public places and um, just buying street food. I noticed that I was really like the only female in these public places. And that was um, like shocking to me, you know, at first because I'd never really experienced that. And also like I was, <laughs> I was like, garnering so much attention because I had a freaking, I had a freaking Joby and a camera and I'm like talking to my camera, like a vlogger, you know, walking around these public spaces. So obviously people are staring at me for that. And also being like, who's this like, you know, obvious foreigner female who's coming into, um, and that was kind of, that was kind of shocking, but it's shocking because we come from a culture where staring is like, is, is deemed rude and, and also invasive. Whereas like over there and in also many countries in the world, um, people stare because they're curious and that's not necessarily rude in their culture or in their country. So, uh, so I, and, and I've, you know, having traveled to so many places, like I've been to many countries where people are staring because you're a foreigner and you're like in their country. And, and so that wasn't like, that wasn't like, I wasn't nervous because of staring, but it was, it was nerve wracking to me just because I noticed that I was really the only female in a public space. And then beyond that though, you know, I had to think about like, okay, where are the females? Okay. The females are probably like at their homes, taking care of their children or like, you know, being, you know, just at home, maybe, you know, not many of them are like out in the workforce or like out taking their lunch break in this public space. So it's not like, it's not that females are not allowed in these areas. It's just that they're not there because, you know, they're out doing some, something else.
yeah i remember watching your vlog and i was like wow you have a lot because yeah you had your camera out and you could see in the background everyone was staring at you i'm like that would have been obviously a very intimidating <laughs> thing but i think that's so cool that you just you went and did it and you pushed your travel boundaries and i mean obviously as a female you have to be you have extra precautions you need to be careful about um but it's it's cool seeing other female travel vloggers be really courageous and they're traveling and doing things by themselves and being like we can do things all the boys can <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah and I think that like, you know, um, especially with solo female travel, it's just being off alone in the world is always, it's always going to be scary feeling at first. I mean, I think, you know, you get used to it, but when you travel alone and you do it so often, you become your own best friend. You, um, you start relying on yourself and you really rely on your instincts and, and that kind of allows you to, to wholly like pursue those interests is when you can rely on yourself and you trust yourself. And then that's when the greatness happens, you know? So that's when you like really start to dive into wherever you are and like feel comfortable and be yourself and, and talk to people and, and really trust your instincts. I think like your gut feeling is so important as a, as a solo traveler. For people traveling to Pakistan for the first time, do you have any recommendations? Yes, I definitely think you should watch my Pakistan series. I made, I think I made like five videos. I was there for a month. I made five videos. And um, it starts with the first video. The title is called American Woman's First Impressions of Pakistan. And that was like the, the story about the journey of, of um, traveling there solo and being there and what I was even doing there, why I was going there, how I got in, all that stuff. And then, and then it'll lead you. And then basically I made like, I made travel vlogs slash traveling guides around the places you should visit in Pakistan, like the cities all throughout the, throughout the entire country. That's super interesting. Cool. Well, yeah, you guys definitely need to check that out. So I'm going to leave that all linked below in the description and in the show notes if you guys are listening to this only. So obviously Pakistan, it was a very cool country to travel. Do you have any other countries that was really standout countries to you that you'd want to go back and recommend to people? when people ask me like what are my favorite countries i always respond with like i feel like that's it's similar to like choosing my favorite child <laughs> or something um so places that i always go back to are i always go back to copenhagen i freaking love copenhagen and i think it's because you know i'd been there as a child a bunch of times because my mom actually lived there for 10 years and then she moved to california and that's when she met my dad um and so we'd been there as children. And so I developed all these like nostalgic childhood memories from there. But then also on my first ever solo trip after I graduated college, I went straight to Copenhagen and I landed there. And that's where I like, you know, pep talked with myself and like, you know, I had to realize that like, okay, I, I came out and did this and I'm here. And then that led me to traveling for four and a half months through like 13 different countries. Um, but yeah, so I always go back to Copenhagen. Also, just it's just so civilized there, you know, like everything just works. Everything's just right there. Um, I, I go back to Taipei. Uh, I've been to Taipei like four times in the last two, two years or in the last three years, I guess. Um, Taipei is amazing because I still feel like it's a little bit off people's like tourist radar. And um, it's, again, it's like a super civilized country. Everyone is so genuinely nice and willing to help you. Um, 
not many people there speak English, so there is there is uh, a language barrier, but it's as it's as cheap as the rest of Asia, and the food's great, and like the party's great, you know. Um, so Copenhagen, Taipei, and then those two places I really like always want to go back to. I kind of always figure out like in between trips, like when I'm going to go back there. Um, it's like a second home kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just need to, and then I have friends there too. So that obviously helps when I go back to the Philippines, I usually stay for like a month at least. And, and I see a lot of my family and, and I settle in like, you know, and then sometimes I'll make like small trips here and there. Oh, Japan, Japan. I will always go back to Japan. God, I love that country. Yeah, we went there. That's where we went on our first kind of trip together. And we did two weeks almost, or no, a week in Tokyo. And it was just the coolest thing ever. And the food's so good. And there's just so many, like every corner you go around, you can find something cool in Japan. Yeah, could have spent way longer in uh, yeah, we Tokyo. Want to go back. Yeah, we um, Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, thought it was, I, I felt like we could have spent like a month there and not I'd seen I'd live there for sure. Yeah. What was like one of the biggest highlights of being in Tokyo that may have like surprised you or that you just would have is the reason why you would have stayed there? Um, I, well, I don't know. I want to say it's almost a combination of things. So between the food and all the cool stores you can go into and just like, I feel like every, it has, it has a good mix of things. So you can do the nature stuff. You can go and see the temples, but then there's so many good, uh, Japanese spots. And then even going into like the little hole in the walls, uh, yakitori spots, we found like a few, um, cause his, he had a friend that actually came up with this huge comprehensive list and he shared with us and we had all these kind of local spots to go and explore. And it was, yeah, included this one yakitori is that right shout yeah. out adam mills thanks yeah there's one shop and it was yeah it was we just opened the door and it was just full of people but from the street you never would have known where it was so it's such a good idea to get recommendations from people before going to yeah. japan but yeah i would love to What's go back um, it's that, oh, so meat on a stick. Yeah, and like then a you, skewer. A skewer, essentially. And yeah, you can order it off the menu and you can pick which one you want and then they bring it out to you and then they put it on your plate and it's kind of like they It's kind of like their version of almost ready. like bar, like appies. Yeah. Kind of tapas, yeah. And then you get no. sake and like, it's so good. Oh, God. What was your favorite part when you went? My favorite part was um, the hole in the wall restaurants um, and, the, and the ramen like mm. so good I'm I fell in love with ramen scene. yeah and I crave ramen like once a month like real authentic Japanese ramen I mean I'll totally eat top ramen but I crave ramen like once a month so that was like just such a standout like I did so many I've, I've been to Japan a few times and I've done incredible things but like that bowl of ramen <laughs> like I have dreams about it still that yeah when good. we got home from Japan that was the thing is we were craving authentic um Japanese ramen and so we found this place kind of oh, close to our house and didn't we uh okay no actually you're uh when we landed so when we went to Thailand we didn't we stop over in Japan and the first thing we got was ramen at the oh, airport yeah at the airport before because yeah. we, we didn't it, even make it in yet and we still had ramen like right away yeah on our layover <laughs> before because we went to thailand first but then we stopped over in japan and then went to japan after but anyways yeah the ramen honestly is next level i, re I really just like the japanese culture i just thought that was really cool like i, I didn't really know what to fully expect i kind of talked the guy that um gave us those recommendations he goes there for work a lot um a couple times a year and he actually has like a little interactive map that you log in on your gmail and it kind of syncs up to where you are shows you like shopping food and everything like that and um but i was more blown away with like the culture like the people there are so nice um and so friendly and um 
uh, everything's so clean and uh, I don't know. I, I just thought it was really cool how quaint like some of the shops are like way deep under down. Like that one bar we went to was like, I felt like we were walking down like eight floors into like the earth's core to get to. And there, are, yeah, yeah. This, there was this one bar and they're all wearing tuxedos, all the servers. And it was just, it was, yeah, there's so many spots like that. And so it's like, it, it's a good mix of things for sure, Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that everyone, no matter what job they have, if they're a janitor cleaning the street or if they're a server in a restaurant or if they're like, you know, working at a hotel, like everyone puts so much respect and, um, and honor into their jobs, you know, like their workforce is so, they're just, they, it doesn't matter what kind of job they have, like it's important to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's such a fascinating culture. Mm-hmm. And I love um, the bowing too, how the, everyone bows and then you can't, you can't turn around until you've done the last bow. And yeah. so depending on who is more, I think it was, it's so who is like an, more elder than the other person, then the, they have to bow or the opposite person to them has to continue bowing until they fully back away. So you'll see these groups of businessmen bowing and then they're so far away from each other and they're still bowing because no one wants to turn around and walk away. It's so crazy. And and how about how like tipping is offensive because they think that they shouldn't need a tip because they're doing their job like to the ability that they're paid to do. And so by tipping, it's actually like not really, it's not really recommended or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't like it. <laughs> that is so the freaking opposite of American culture. I know. And that's why and it's refreshing Canadian. too because it's yeah. like, it's so different than ours, I think. And that's what's nice about traveling is you get to experience something totally different and I think it really rounds people out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Traveling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it totally, um, traveling, I mean, we could get into like why traveling is good for you, but, but generally like it breaks and kills stereotypes, you know, like, it really makes people understand. And, and, and at the same time, when you travel, you know, most of that, um, most of that like fear and misunderstanding, you know, it, it, it's completely eliminated. And you realize that like all everyone wants to do is like eat good food, laugh a lot and like have sex pretty much, you know? (laughs) Well, it really connects, I think the human experience and you realize how we're all essentially the same at our core. And that's something like that is very cool to be like, we might be from a different country. We might not speak the same language, but like we're the same. Yeah. 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 We all enjoy kind of the same stuff. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. So yeah. what's next on your <laughs> travel list on your, like, what's your future plans? I'd love to hear about what tw- the rest of 2020, 2021. Yeah. I'm like, um, I don't even, I was like, is it 2022? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, they're all blending. What's I the rest like, of the year? I feel like we're in Q5 of 2020. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like it's still, it's still kind of here, but like, yeah, but, but, you know, things, I just got an email, speaking of like moving out of 2020, this is like the last quarter of 2020, whatever. I got an email from my health insurance saying that I'm eligible to get a vaccine. So I, nice. oh my God, exciting. I'm yeah. jealous. This is why this is the only time I'm jealous of the U.S. Um, health. Uh, Cause we, I mean, we have free healthcare in Canada, but yeah. right. I'm jealous of you guys right now because we've dropped the ball on the vaccine. Yeah. You're way ahead of us. That's exciting. Yeah, you guys have like 10 people in your country. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And then you guys have, you. we have 10, like 10% of what California you California has more people than Canada. In it. Oh, it's disappointing, honestly, yeah. but that's amazing. So I have that coming up, which I'm really excited. So I'll probably like, hopefully I'll get my first dose um, 
at the end of March. That's insane. And I know. So, so like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward and being like, I might be, I might be, I might have the vaccine, finish the vaccine out by March. I mean, sorry, by, by April, April. So um, what's coming up? My brother and I are going to the Dominican Republic. We're going to Punta Cana. We got, like, got this trip with this Ellis. place there. And yeah, so we're going to do that together. And it's been a while since we've traveled together and it's only going to be us two. So it's going to be really wacky and energetic and fun. And we're like, probably just, you know, going to just have a ton of fun and then also relax and make a ton of content because my views on Instagram and YouTube, like skyrocket when my family is in my videos. So that's like something that I know that really works for my social media. <laughs> um, and then Harley, my boyfriend, um, but I call him my husband. So, because it's just sounds more mature. And also like when we're doing all these, like when I'm pitching all of these, um, companies to, to like go skiing or like stay in these hotels, like it's just more mature if I say husband. Yeah. I know. So. I always call part of, I always call Peter, my partner and things. And then I'm like, Oh, I think they think I'm a lesbian, but I, I mean, say, that's I really cool. Wish you do okay. That. No, but I feel like boyfriend <laughs> okay. feels very childish. I didn't childish. even know that you I call, call me I your said partner. Your part- well, cause the thing is, it feels more mature. It's like, we're obviously not married yet. And yeah. I think, think calling someone your boyfriend, like it just makes them feel a bit younger. So I'm like, I prefer yeah. partner, but then I think people think I'm dating a woman, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm I like, I don't know. So I've, I've, I get that. I've had this exact conversation with Harley and I'm like, should I call you a partner or like, you know, should I just say you're my husband or whatever? So, um, so we're going to go to Columbia from, we just booked all of our flights and stuff like last night. Uh, and also I will credit Harley. This was like totally him. He wanted to do this. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go to Columbia. I've never been there. So we're going to go for the month of May to June. We're going to go back to San Francisco for awesome. April, and then we'll go to Columbia. My brother has been to Colombia twice. It's his favorite place to visit. Uh, he's my younger brother. Um, so Does if I'm he have gonna... all the suggestions and the recommendations? Well, um, probably. But one place that he really liked in Colombia was Cartagena. So if you go there, make sure you check out uh, okay. Cartagena. I think it's like the north part of uh, Colombia by the water. Yeah. He really liked it there. Cool. Okay, definitely. Yeah, we got an Airbnb in Medellin. Oh month. yeah, Medellin's like yeah. He that's where he stayed. He stayed for like a month in Medellin. He had a friend that lives there. So, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, Harley was like all about it because we he's working from home and uh, we did a month in Tulum and it ju- like it just wasn't what we thought it was going to be because we work online and having reliable Wi-Fi is essential to what we do, you know, and so. Unfortunately, Tulum, that's a huge problem there is like their Wi-Fi is not reliable and it's slow and it goes down all the time. So uh, we were like looking up what are really good um, cities in the world that are number one, accepting Americans right now. And obviously I think it's, it's it, I mean, things are gonna change rapidly again, just like they were last year, now that now the vaccine's rolling out. But apparently Medellin is the number one digital nomad city in the world. According oh, to I didn't like, know that. recent articles, yeah. Hmm. That's cool. Um, any challenges planned for either of these trips? No, I have not done any brainstorming. So I'm in Montana right now, and next week I'm going to be working at a cattle ranch. Love that. And, Get those cows. Um, be nice. like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, okay, here's the thing. Like, 
I don't do well around big animals. It's not like I'm, okay, I am kind of scared of them, but it's not like I'm scared of them that I think they're going to attack me. Like, I just don't want to mess with them because I'm a small person. And like, if anything bumps into me, I, I literally will die, you know? Like if anything falls on me, I'm going to die. So like, I just don't want to disturb them. So I'm going to be working with like baby cat. Like one of the things I'm going to have to do is um, take baby calves and like pin them on the ground so that they, they can get branded. Um, I thought you were going to say you're going to pin them down before like bring them to the slaughterhouse. I was like, oh God, this sounds awful. No. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then I'll oh, be. That's also working. branding them is a little scarring too though. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I've, I've never worked, I've never even stepped on a cattle ranch. I have no idea what's ahead. Um, so yeah, but then for Columbia, I mean, it would be so, so sick to, to make a video. Like I, I worked on, uh, how do you, how do you say it? Like cocaine plants or like, I worked on a cocaine farm, but like, that's so not, I like, I would probably get demonetized and like taken down. But yeah, I haven't brainstormed it yet. So I have to think about usually like when I, when I go in and, um, when I go into brainstorm about like these jobs, I basically think about like, what are the most like cliche ideas or tropes from the country that I'm going to. And then I kind of like work my way around that. And I was just thinking about this the other day or last night when we were booking all our stuff, I was like, the only thing and like, okay, this is called this ignorance, but the only thing I know about Colombia is Pablo Escobar and, you know, the drug deal, the, the drug cartels. Yeah. Did you watch the Netflix series? Of course. Yeah. It was yeah. A good one. yeah. Yeah. It was really good. That's so funny. Well, I'm honestly, that's going to be really, really cool. I'm super excited for you. And I know yeah. you and Harley are going to have such a good time there. Yeah. Yeah. We're super excited to get there. And I mean, you know, this whole like working remotely for him is coming to an end, you know, by probably by the summer. So we're trying to um, get in the countries that we want to stay in in the, in the next coming months. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of starting to make those decisions now too. Yeah. You know, everything's, if I, I don't know, I'm hopeful that everything will be back to normal soon. It seems like it's on its way there. Yeah. And so if people wanted to follow you, find your vlogs, where can they find that? My YouTube channel is called Haley Takes on the World. My Instagram is called Haley Takes on the World. My TikTok is also Haley Takes on the World. So everything is pretty much Haley Takes on the World. And Haley spelled H-A-L-E-Y. Yes, that you know, is correct. There's many ways to spell it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was so good talking to you and catching up. I always love hanging out with you and traveling with you. So hopefully we can plan a fun trip for the fall when everything's cleared um, because I'm missing traveling. And we need to do a cool, where can we go? Where should we go next? I'm trying to think of like, we had brainstormed some ideas to go. We were talking about going to the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that. Nice. The Caribbean. And then we also, like, I'd love to do Sri Lanka. Um, yeah. Or we should do something somewhere. In, have you been to Vietnam? Yeah. I went ages ago, but that's one Southeast Asian country that I actually have. I've only gone once, I think, or twice, um, but I've not done too much of it. So that's something we should definitely add to the list Ooh. because I really want to do. We're so good at traveling Asia together. Let's go to Vietnam. Yeah get a little girl group together and we'll be ready to go. Nice. nice. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that in the fall. Perfect. Okay. Well, thanks again. And you guys definitely make sure to follow Haley. She's such a talented female travel vlogger and yeah, your videos are awesome. So I'm excited to see what you have coming up in the future. And I know you're going to continue to kill it on social media. Yay. It was so great chatting with you guys. Thanks for having me.
Okay, bye. Okay, bye.